Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. How are we doing this afternoon? We doing okay? Amen and amen. We're thankful for those of you who are able to join us this afternoon for this afternoon worship. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn number seven. Hymn number seven. This is going to be towards the front of your hymnal. 
hymn number seven, as in seven days of the week. Hymn number seven. Amen. All praise to
Listen that chorus one more time. I got choked up on that chorus. Listen that chorus one more time. Because he lives, I can fade tomorrow. Welcome back to Central Park Baptist Church, our afternoon service. We're awful glad that you're here. I need to do something right here. Hey, girls, good to see you. My granddaughters are watching. I wanted to make sure they got a chance to see Grandpa. Amen. I can't wait to go see him in October. But um, I want to give you a few announcements. Don't forget about uh, men's prayer breakfast this Saturday morning at 9, 8.30 in the morning. 8.30 in the morning, we'll have men's prayer breakfast. Now, let me say this before I go further on this. You do not have to be a member Amen. in order to come to men's prayer breakfast. I was not a member when I came the first time. Right. Anybody else not a member when they came the first time? There's one. There. But you came anyway, right? You wasn't a member. Amen. And, uh, and that, you don't have to be. We just want to invite everyone. It's a time of prayer. We'll have a brief Bible study. We'll have a time of prayer. And then we'll all eat bacon. And uh, I don't know if anything else will be served, but bacon's going to be served. And that's the only important thing. Then for, don't, don't forget about uh, 22 in 22 next Sunday morning at 8.15. 22, we're looking for 22 people to come at 8.15 in the morning to pray right here in the auditorium with us. Men, women, boys, girls, everyone's invited. And I want to encourage you to come be a part of that, 8.15 in the morning. We just pray here. You can pray out loud. You can pray silently. It's up to you. But come and be a part. Again, you don't have to be a member to come and pray. Amen. Uh, then I want to do one thing that I forgot to do this morning. People have been asking me. Uh, folks are wondering how Brother Rodrigo's doing. Amen. And uh, he's doing, uh, he's uh, stable. All right. The surgery went well. Uh, and uh, he was placed in intensive care. He's in intensive care still yet. Uh, sometime today or maybe tomorrow, he'll be moved to a, the floor, uh, but he's doing okay. Keep praying for them, for him. We don't really know what kind of damage is done. Now, I don't know that everybody knows, but he, he fell. He got in, in, in Ecuador. He didn't remember it till he was here, uh, and it caused a bleed on his brain. And so they did surgery on Friday to alleviate the pressure that's on his brain to drain the blood away. And from what we know, everything is going smooth from that. The question is, is will he get full movement back to his body and so on like that? That takes time for that brain to figure that out. Amen. So pray for them as they go through this time. He still has cancer. He still has the other things going on. But that's probably been his biggest struggle. Amen. So please pray for him as he continues to recover. Then don't forget our Bible, our missions conference, Stay the Course. Uh, it will be October 12th through 16th. If you didn't get one of these, there are some of them out on the counter. I think there's one left out there. And there will be more 
this week, amen, it takes a little time to make them, so as we make them, we replenish that which is out there. I think we put about 15 out every week, and they've been, been taken up, and then we have a few of these. There's more of these out there than there are of anything else, and so you want to get that. Then don't forget, we have our bulletins out there, amen. If you didn't get a bulletin, you need to get a bulletin, because there's a lot of things in the bulletin that I haven't talked about today. Amen. So I want to encourage you to, to go ahead and do that. I want to thank you for being here. We're thrilled that you're here this afternoon. And let's, uh, preacher, you come. Let's add you back. Amen. Amen. I think you got your wood a little bit on fire this afternoon, singing a little bit. You, it sounded, you sounded like yourself again. This morning, I was a little worried about you. But you uh, redeemed yourself this afternoon, man. It, when you're singing about because he lives, amen, amen. it sure makes a difference. Um, let me just brag on you for a minute. If You got your bulletins? Okay, look at it, all right? Get, get them out. Uh, brother, uh, what's his name? Brother Burrito and, and uh, Miss Lauren, they remodeled our bulletin, and it looks good. So, I think it was uh, Miss Lauren, so, I mean, I mean, you notice how good it looks, so uh, that may be the reason, so you, you can thank her for that. Uh, but if you notice on the missions, uh, the missions giving for the year, uh, it says mission commitment total given, 84000 uh, That's not counting uh, the special missions that's been given, that we've, we've given. Uh, for example, we helped Brother Sungyu. For with his school, we helped uh, Brother Kevin and, and all that, but you helped my son, Caden, uh, as well, and I certainly, and that is involved in that uh, $4,000, but we're on track, if things get, I mean, Central Park has done well giving to missions this year, we could very well hit the $100,000 mark this year, and I'm telling you, for a church this size, that is awesome, amen, amen. amen. And, uh, but, uh, but I want you to understand that God blesses a mission-minded church to the extreme. You can't outgive God. And if you give over and above your tithes and offerings to faith promise missions, I'm telling you, all, I mean, if you don't want the blessings of God, then leave missions out. I'm talking about the special things. And I'm not trying to be cute or bait you or anything like that or manipulate. I'm just letting you know that's the truth. That's a fact. Uh, but if you'll give and be involved in faith promised missions, you're, you just invite the blessings of God on your life. And so I want to brag, brag on you and thank you. This church, uh, that since I've been here, to my, we've never given that ever. And uh, probably... And I'm, and I don't mean it, I don't mean bad, but probably in the, in the last 35 years uh, that the, of the church's existence, that it's been less than that. Uh, I mean, years ago they probably did that it, when they were back in the Farmers Branch when they first moved out here. They were a mission-minded church, uh, but listen, Central Park has done well yes. in giving to. Uh, faith promise missions, and I want to commend you on that. So, but now that I've said that, don't stop. Amen. Remember our theme, continue, yeah. amen, and uh, let's just see what God can do right. through you and through this church for Faith Promise Mission. So uh, I just want to thank you for that. Uh, saying all that, let's have a good offering, amen? Amen. amen. And may the Lord bless you uh, as you give. Father, I pray that you'll help us and strengthen us, Lord, and I pray, God, for this offering. And, and Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful, God, for your blessings upon us. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd please bless as we 
uh, give this offering, but bless our Faith Promise Mission Conference, Lord, and these missionaries that are coming to challenge us, Lord. And, and God, I pray for uh, your blessings upon them, too. And, Lord, that through them, Lord, that you'll bless us, but through us, Lord, we'll be able to bless them and, and be a blessing to them. And, Lord, we give you praise for it. So bless this offering. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. <laughs> If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing a uh, verse and a chorus of hymn 259, hymn 259, To God Be the Glory. We'll sing a verse and a chorus, and afterwards, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon special. 
I believe that the Christ who was on the cross has the power to change life today. For he changed me completely. A new life is mine. That is why by the cross I will stay. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to the old rugged, old rugged cross. I believe that this life with its greatness Surely someday we'll come to an end But faith will conquer the darkness and death And will lead me at last to my friends I believe in a hill called Mount I believe whatever the cost, and when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to the old rugged cross, and when time has surrendered and earth Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah, or excuse me, Nehemiah, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here thinking about Isaiah, Nehemiah chapter 8, okay? It's in the Old Testament, I was close, all right? Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, turn me down just a little bit, Brother Choi, please, sir. Nehemiah chapter 8, and if, you, if you're able to stand, if you'd please do so, we're, gonna, we're just going to read the whole chapter. It's just 18 verses, all right? It's un- found your place, amen. amen. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring uh, the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra, Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribes stood upon a pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him stood Matthiah, the Shema, and Aniah, and Uriah, and Hilkiah, and uh, Messiah on his right hand and on his left hand Padiah, Mishael, Malchiah and Hashem, 
and the uh, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshullam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. That's where we get standing for respect and reading of the word of God. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen. 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 And answered, Amen. Amen. Lifting lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. He's not even preaching. He's just reading the Bible. Uh, Also, Joshua, Benai, and uh, Sherebiah, and Jamin, and Akub, uh, Shebathiah, uh, Hodiah, I'll see if I can say all these names again, uh, Messiah, Kelida, Azariah, Jozebad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their places. So they read in the book of the law, God distinctly, and gave the, the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, uh, which is the, uh, which is the uh, ter- Tershatha and Ezra, the priests, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept uh, when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace. For the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all people, the priests of the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month. And, they, uh, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written. And the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate and in the street of the gate Ephraim. And all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and set under the booths. For since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun, unto the day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was a great gladness. Also, here's our phrase, day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. Father, I pray this afternoon that you'd bless us, Lord, and help me, God, to preach the message again that you've laid upon our hearts. And I pray, uh, Father, that we will allow you to speak to us through that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God. And, Lord, I'll give you praise and glory for it, because in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's a top three three list of the best-selling books of all time. Number three. On that list uh, was the American Spelling Book by Noah Webster. Number two selling of all time was uh, quotations from the, what's called the Little Red Book from Mao Zedong. The number one best-selling book, which has sold over five billion copies, guess which one it is? 
It's the Word of God. Amen. That's right. A Gutenberg Bible. Owned by the Ransom Center. Uh, was reportedly worth about $20 million. Uh, but watch this. But the real value of the Bible is not monetary. It's, it's what's inside. It's the principles and the promises and the precepts and the value is that it's the Word of God. Amen. Literally, this is the Word of Almighty God. In fact, it's so valuable, we need to read it every day. Amen. George Mueller wrote this. He said the first three years after he was saved, he said, I neglected the Word of God. And since I began to search it diligently, the blessing has been wonderful. I have read the Bible through a hundred times and always with increasing delight. Well, here in Nehemiah chapter 8, we have read and we've looked at our phrase over in verse 18. And it says, and also day by day. Listen, every day that you and I live, we ought to read the Word of God. No, we really ought to read the Word of God. Every, every day that we are alive, we need to spend some time in the Word of God. Uh, and, and George Barnum, I want you to see this. He did a survey just a few years back and uh, that, that half and said that half of Americans do not read the Bible. The majority of those professing to be born again, by the, they say read the Bible only once or twice a week. Some not even at all. His survey found that only 18% of all professing Christians read the Bible every day. 18%. If we look around this morning and you did the numbers, listen, that's just a very few people. Um, 18%, it said, read the Bible. Another 18% read the Bible between three and six days a week. Uh, 37% read it only once or twice. And 23% said they don't read it at all. Listen, in my opinion, such Bible studies, I think, reveal to you and me both that there's a lot of professing Christians that don't realize just how important the Word of God is. Uh, listen, the Word of God is of the utmost importance to you and I in our life, period. Listen, not just our spiritual lives, but our everyday lives. I mean, we need to understand the importance of it. And, and so here in Nehemiah chapter 8, we, we notice some things. And the first thing I want you to see is uh, that here, when we start off reading chapter 8, that the people had a love and a longing for the Word of God. And so I want to give you a little background here of Nehemiah 8. When you go and read it, it you find that uh, the temple and the walls of Jerusalem, they've been rebuilt and the people are, they've returned to their land, they've returned to the city of Jerusalem after being in captivity in Babylon 80 years. And so for 80 years, think about this, 80 years they have been without God's Word. They've been, there's been no priest. I mean, there's been no priest to lead them. There's no uh, been, a priest to be, that's been able to lead them in holy practices or to read the Word of God. There's been no scribe to proclaim or educate them in the laws of God. And now they're back in their beloved city of Jerusalem. And in, here in chapter 8, we find that they're gathering here in, in, in this city of Jerusalem. And if you notice in verse 1, they requested that the word of God be read to them. Listen, they've been 80 years without hearing it. 
How would you like to go and some, listen, have you ever noticed a sign that says wet paint, do not touch? You ever notice how eager we are to touch it just to see how, if it's wet or not? And all of us have done it. Amen. Listen, how would you like to have your Bible and, and somebody say, don't touch it. Don't read it. And be under a penalty of death if you did read it or if you did pick one up. Eighty years the Israelites had been without the word of God. And so the people, if you look at verse, they want to hear it. It says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Listen, these people, they wanted to hear the word of God. I think sometimes we get so used to having it that there's not that hunger or that thirst for the word of God that we ought to have. And so when the apostle Paul was in prison, watch as he requested three times for the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, watch, and the books, but especially, look what he said, the parchments. He requested his cloak to meet his physical needs and, and his books to meet his mental and intellectual needs, but he said, especially bring the parchments. Listen, as Christians, we ought to know and we ought to say, listen, bring me the book. Listen, not like the little girl whose mama one day the preacher came over and just dropped in and she said, honey, go bring me the book. And she went back and got the Sears catalog and brought it in to her. Listen, there's a lot of people today that have about that much regard for the Word of God. I mean, there ought to be a hunger in our hearts for the Word of God. Look, look back again at verse 2 and 3 of chapter 8. It says, And Ezra the priest brought the law. Now that's the first five books of the Bible. The Ezra, the priest, brought the law, the Pentateuch, before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate, from the morning until noonday, before the men and the women, and those that could understand, the, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Listen, watch, Ezra read unto them from morning until midday. That's literally from the break of day, from the dawn when the sun's coming up until midday. In other words, they stood there and listened to him read for six hours. Six hours. I remember we went on a mission trip. We had taken our church bus when uh, my wife and I were working with the youth in, in Dumas. And we took a bus load of young people down to Monterey, Mexico, to the Ashcrafts. And, and we were going to have a, a service up in the, the mountains. And so we, we went up early that afternoon and, and we went and knocked doors. And, and I mean, we were just scattered throughout. I still remember going into some places and, and knocking on doors, inviting people to a church while there were some men that were back. They were stringing lights and, uh, around these folks' house. And, and by the way, it's not a house like you and I think of. It was a, just a, a house with no walls around it. Uh, in fact, the, uh, I still remember seeing the, the lady with the child. The, the, the baby was in the bed, and, and she was sweeping the floor. And by the way, the floor was just dirt. The bed was up on cinder block. And, and, but she was making, I mean, everything was immaculate. It was in their place. And, 
and the men were around setting up lights. They were setting up a sound system, and, and by the time the service started, uh, it was already dark. I remember a, a, it was a Toyota pickup. I did not know you could get this many people in a Toyota pickup. I mean, I, folks, this is an honest to goodness. I bet there were 50 people in it. Uh, there, there were so many people in the cab. They were hanging in. I mean, half of them was hanging out. I don't know how the guy was driving it. It was a stick. I, I don't even think he was the one shifting the gears. But they drove up. There were people piled in the back. There were people literally hanging on to somebody that was hanging on to somebody in the middle, and they were leaning over the back like this, just trying to hang on. And when they drove up, they all bailed out of that pickup. They were everywhere. And so when they finally got service started, we were standing out there. I'm talking about standing. We were standing out there. It was dark. They were singing songs. These, these people were just joy-filled because the missionary had come. They were singing songs. A, a man was playing his guitar. And I'm standing over there. I, I still remember. And I'm thinking, man, I am wore out. How long have I... And the preaching hadn't even started. I thought, how long have we been standing here? I know, I told my wife, I said, I know we've been standing here at least an hour and a half, two hours. I said, look at your watch. She looked at her watch. We'd been standing there about 30 minutes. And, and, lo, and I began to look around. And, and I, know, I looked over here where the house was and the lady who had been sweeping her floor with a child in her bed, she had been over there standing with her baby all that time, singing those songs, a smile on her face, enjoying what was going on, waiting for the preaching of the Word of God. You know, sometimes we think we got it rough. We come to church and we sit in our padded pews. We turn our air conditioner down too much sometime, too hot sometime. And I mean, we, we're sitting in here and we got it made in the shade. These folks stood for six hours. Sometimes we stand and we read a chapter, and it's like I say, well, we're going to read the whole chapter. <sighs> <laughs> the whole chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, they stood for six hours. Now, the, the normal people, all the regular people in those days, uh, listen, they didn't have access to the Word of God like you and I do. Uh, very few copies were available. In fact, those that were available were chained to pillars in the cathedrals and the churches, and and people would gather around in crowds. and And in the, and when someone would come, and 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 one person would pick up the word of God and begin to read, and the crowds would start to come simply because the people didn't have a copy of the word of God. They'd read them for hours at a time. And the the stories that I've read, I found that if the if the reader were to stop. And the people had come to gather around to hear the word of God. I'm talking after 80 years and the, the reader would stop reading the word of God. The people would shout at him and say, read on, read on. Because they were hungry for the word of God. You know, we sometimes we come to church and the preacher goes into overtime a little bit. And it's like, man, is he ever going to be quiet? He's only on point one. God help us not to allow, listen, for us to not hunger and thirst after the Word of God. When we go to church and start getting a little antsy because 
the reading of scripture or the sermon gets a little long. Listen, we ought to be, we ought to be having that hunger and thirst after righteousness where when the preacher's reading, we ought to say, read on. Or, or we ought to say, preach on. Don't stop. Keep preaching. And we ought to have a hunger for the things of God. Amen. These people had a hunger for that. Look in verse 4 and 5. There was a reverence for God's word. <clears throat> this is where we get, as I've already said, the standing up in reverence as they, they read the word of God. I'm, I didn't do that for years. <clears throat> a lot of the churches that I went to and the, the preachers would have their people stand. And, but I didn't want to do it because they were doing it. I, I, I never want to do something simply because somebody else is doing it. I want to do it because that's what God wants us to do. We are Central Park Baptist Church. We're not that church over there. We're not that independent Baptist church over there. We are who we are. Come on, we can say amen. And by the way, I'm thankful for who we are. Uh, there's a, a liberty here that a lot of other churches don't have. I've been in, I was in some churches the last two weeks. They were really quiet. And now, I mean, it's like, man, I'm ready. I wanted to hear. So I'm sitting out there going, hey, man, that's right. And I'm, and I'm looking around and thinking, man, I am the only one. But you know what? I kept saying it. Listen, we, uh, there, but I do things because that's what God wants us to do and the way the Holy Spirit leads me. And that's why we stand. And it's right here in Scripture. But they stood for six hours. It showed a respect and a reverence for the Word of God. And, and we need to have that today. Listen, there's not very much respect and reverence for the Word of God these days. Listen, this is not an ordinary book. It, it, it's not a... It, it, listen, this is holy. It, it's a holy writing. It, uh, it, it, this is the book. It is a perfect book. It's been a book that's been given, of, given us from Almighty God, handed down through the ages, and has been kept perfect for us in our King James Bible. Psalm 19 and verse 7, it says... The law of the Lord is perfect. Listen, it's a permanent book. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Psalm chapter 119 and verse 60, uh, verse 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Well, guess what? Uh, Listen, the nature of the word of God is eternal. Just as God is. You know, if, if, if you have any problems today, if you have financial problems, yeah. read the book. Uh, we don't got to go to Barnes and Noble to find out some uh, guy that ha- doesn't care anything about the Word of God to find out what we need to do about our, our finances. Seek God's face first. Amen. Uh, read the book. You got marriage problems? Read the book. I mean, if you, you got job problems, read the book. Hey Amen. You got emotional problems, read the book. I've got some more. You got some spiritual problems, read the book. It's all in here. Listen, this book is eternal. This book, the book, the Bible, the Word of God. Uh, it ought to have an important place in our life. We ought to read it every day. These people desired the reading of the Word of God. Psalm chapter 119, verse 18, it says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I mean, there ought to be a desire to learn. This week I've heard a a lot of different preachers preach. I mean, uh, church started at 7. 
you got to get there at 6 just to make sure you get a, a place to sit. Or I do, so I don't have to look over somebody that's tall sitting in front of me. Or otherwise, i got to ask them to move. No, I do that. I ask them. I say, hey, can you scoot over a little bit? I mean, there's no place else to sit, and I want to see. It's okay. I don't ask them to move out of their spot. Are y'all doing what you say? You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, but... I mean, but I've heard a lot of different preachers preach, and, and, and they challenged me through the Word of God this week. And, and we notice here in Psalm 18, it says, Open thou mine eyes, that I might behold thy wondrous works. Listen, I, and they taught me some things. Listen, I, we don't know everything that's written in here. My dad, 90, I talked to him again the other day, and, and he tells me things almost every time I count. Son, listen, I found something in the Bible. Listen, he's 90 years old. He's read it every day of his life. He's been pastoring and preaching for almost 70 years. And he still learns. Notice it says in verse 7, the people were taught the meaning of God's word. Now, I don't know who all these people are. That's a, that might be a good study. But it would seem that they were teachers that helped the people to understand what God said in His Word. Now, that word understand there, it, it means to separate mentally. And it speaks of what was read, was explained, so they could understand. Uh, look in verse 8 with me. It says, So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly. And gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Listen, it's okay to ask questions about the Word of God. Yeah. It's okay. Listen, I don't, I don't understand it all. I have to, I have to stop and, and ask the Holy Spirit of God to help me to understand it. And I have to get in my, the Word of God and study. And, and over time, He helps me to understand. And so what they did reminds me of what preaching is all about. Preaching is a proclamation of God's Word. It's an, it's an explanation of what God said. And preaching is to be a proclaiming and a rightly dividing of the Word of Almighty God, listen, uh, to, to the truth of God, to people to help them to understand the Word of God. Um, it, but it's tragic that people today don't, under, don't, they don't have a clue. I, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Barna did another survey among Christians. And 22% thought there was a book of Thomas in the Bible. Now, don't be, now be careful. I, I've said this from the pulpit before. Okay, turn with me to the book. Turn with me to the book of Hezekiah chapter 1. Now, wait a minute. That sounds good, but there ain't no such book. There's a such a person. But I'm telling you, I've caught a bunch of folks like that. Listen, I'm, we need to know what's in here. Amen? I mean, 60 or 61% wasn't sure that the Lord Jesus, where he was born. I'm talking about Christian people. Another poll said that only three out of five Christians could recall the first four books of the New Testament. And only half of them could identify the preacher who preached the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I think about a candidate for church membership who was asked what part of the Bible he liked the best. And he said, well, I like the New Testament the best. And then he was asked what book in the New Testament he liked. And, and uh, he said, well, I like the book of parables the best. <laughs> yeah. He was then asked to share one of the parables to the committee. 
<laughs> and this is what he said. I'll read this. I, I remember this from years ago. A preacher did this. He did funny stuff. And this is one of the things that he read. He said, once upon a time, uh, a man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And the thorns grew up and choked the man. And he went on and met the queen of Sheba, and she gave that man uh, a thousand talents of silver, a hundred changes of raiment. And he got into his chariot and drove furiously, and he was driving under a big tree. His hair got caught up in a limb and left him hanging there, and he hung there uh, 40 days and 40 nights. Are y'all still with me? Amen. The ravens brought him food to eat and water to drink. And one night while he was hanging there asleep, his wife Delilah came and cut, cut off his hair. And he fell on stony ground. And it began to rain, and it rained 40 days and 40 nights. And he hid himself in a cave. And later he went on and met a man who said, come in and take supper with me. But he said, I can't come in. He said, I've married a wife. And then the man went out into the highways and hedges and compelled him to come in and he then came to Jerusalem and saw Queen Jezebel sitting high and lifted up in a window of the wall. And when she saw him, she laughed. And he said, throw her down, out of there. And, and they threw her down. And he said, throw her down again. And so they threw her down 70 times 7. And the fragments they picked up filled 12 baskets full. And the committee agreed that the guy was a knowledgeable candidate and they accepted him into membership. <laughs> now the sad thing is a lot of people don't know that that ain't real amen listen we need our bible listen we we need to be familiar with it oh, let me go keep going i've got to hurry um, the bible's more than a book to be read it's more than a book to just learn it's a book that we can live our lives by look in verses 13 through 15 I'll let you read those. Um, as, as they read, as the, the scribes read and, and were brought to an understanding of what God said, watch, they realized that God had commanded that in the seventh month there was a, a feast that they were to observe and there were certain actions that they were to take in relation to the observance of that feast. And you see, we, as we read the word of God, we learn what God says and it reveals to us how God wants us to live. Listen, God's word reveals to us what to do and what not to do. Listen, we've got to be careful. Um, now, this is a sermon. I heard this preaching. I told my wife, I'm going to preach it. You know, that's what preachers do. You hear a good sermon and you hear. Listen, uh, if you go over and, and you find out, you realize, find that the Israelites... They limited, the Bible says, they limited God. That word limit means to strike a mark. You still with me? It means to strike a mark. I, I, have you ever been measuring something and you pop a chalk line on something to cut it? Same thing, strike a mark. How many of you have ever played marbles? You know, you got the big agate, you know. I, I'm, you know, some of y'all are, you know, you, you might, yeah, yeah, Brother Robbie, he's, Brother Robbie, he's, anyway, I'll, I want, you know, he knows what that is. But, but you know, when you play marbles, you know what you do? You strike a mark. You draw a circle in the, in the dirt. 
And then you operate, you operate outside that circle. But everything else, listen, you get your marble and you and you take your big marble and you try to make knock all the other, but you strike a mark. When you draw a line to cut something straight, you strike a mark. Listen, the children of Israel, you know, the Bible says they limited God. They struck a mark. And you know what, they, you know what they're saying? God, we have drawn a circle and we want you to operate inside that mark the way we want you to operate. They said, and as long as you operate in the way that we want you to operate, we're going to get along. Amen. They said, as long as you do uh, what we want you to do, and as long as you do the things that the way we want, then we're going to, you know what? We're going to worship you. We're going to serve you. They struck a mark. There's a lot of Christians today that strike a mark in their lives, and they say, you know, God, if you'll do this for me, you know what you're doing? You're striking a mark. You are limiting God. How many times have preachers preached the Word of God and said, listen, our God has revealed something to us in His Word, and we know that's what we ought to do, and we know that's the way we ought to do it, but we strike a mark. And we say, God, I can't do that for you because you haven't done that for me. Listen, God doesn't operate on our terms. He operates on His own terms. He is holy and He is righteous and He knows what's right from beginning to end. And we need to get back to the place where we trust Him and we let Him have control of everything that we do. Amen. But we see here, they... Struck a mark. Listen, sometimes we do that, and we do so by not by erring in the word of Almighty God. See, the Bible says, Unto him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, it's sin. Our goal is to learn what God says, and then act on it. Apply it. Not say, okay, Lord, you know, wait a minute. I, I, I saw that. It's like saying, you know, God says, okay, tithe. Oh, preacher, you know, I would tithe, but I just can't afford it. You know what you've done? You've struck a mark. You've limited God in your life. Well, you know, God, wait, no, wait a minute. You can't do that. You see, the Bible gives us guidance and direction for our lives as Christians. Look in verse 18. It says, also, day by day. From the first day until the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. Listen, I want you to know today that God has revealed to us in his word our spiritual duties, our spiritual responsibilities. And there is an expectation to us as we learn and read the word of God. I mean, God help us to be responsible children of God. We need to understand that there's people that are lost and and without Christ. And and we need to let God have control of our lives. I I read this story, and I thought this was pretty interesting. A a diary of the Bible was written. And it goes like this. And by the way, it was written by the Word of... It was written by the Bible, okay? About the person that was using their Bible. 
And this is what it said. The Bible speaking, January, a busy time for me. Most of the family decided to read me through this year. They kept me busy for the first few weeks. But they've forgotten me now. February, cleanup time. I was dusted yesterday and put in my place. My owner did use me for a few minutes last week. He'd been in an argument, was looking, for, looking up references to prove he was right. March, had a busy day first of the month. My owner was elected president of the PTA and used me to prepare speech. April, Grandpa visited us. He kept me on his lap for an hour reading from 1 Peter chapter 5. He seemed to think more of me than some people in my own household. May, I have a few green stains on my pages. Some spring flowers were pressed in my pages. June, I look like a scrapbook. They have stuffed me full of newspaper clippings. One of the girls got married. July, they put me in a suitcase today. I guess we were off on vacation. I wish I could stay at home. I know I'll be closed up in this thing for at least two weeks. August, still in the suitcase. September, back home at last in my old familiar place. I have lots of company. Two women's magazines and four comic books are stacked on top of me. I wish I could be read as much as they are. October, they read me a little today. One of them's very sick. Right now I'm sitting in the center of the coffee table. I think the pastor's coming by for a visit. November, back in my old place. Somebody asked today if I were a scrapbook. December, the family's getting ready for the holidays. I guess I'll be covered up under wrapping paper and packages again, just as I am every Christmas. That was the Bible's diary of their owner. If your Bible could keep a diary of you, what would it say? It ought not be something that we neglect. It ought to be something that we cherish just as more than life itself. Listen, how we neglect the Word of God. The very thing that could help us and strengthen us, empower us to get through our days when we don't know how we're going to make it. Bring me the book. When family seems like they just don't get it and we're, they're having a hard time, bring me the book. When we have loved ones that we need to pray for, that maybe they've drifted away from God, bring me the book. Maybe your kids are sick or something's going on in the, in the family. Bring me the book. Listen, just bring me the book. Listen, if, if my Bible were to write a diary of me, I wouldn't want, a, wouldn't want a day go by where it wrote that I didn't pick him up and read it and love it. And keep it close to me. Listen, if your Bible could write a diary of you, what would it say? Listen, that sure does make us stop and think. 
Can I encourage you today? Listen, if you want to have victory day by day, read your Bible. Day by day, every day, morning, afternoon. Listen, just read it. Eat it. Taste and see that the Word is good. Father, help us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us and strengthen us, Lord, as we live in a way, God, that pleases you. Lord, this is what our Bible is for. God, the Word of God is so often neglected. Lord, just as we read this diary, God, help us not to start off strong, but help us, Lord, to, and and then not finish, but Lord, help us to continue every day. Help us to make the Word of God uh, the most important thing in our day, every day. Lord, we can use it to live by and uh, God, it'll help us, it'll strengthen us, it'll comfort us, Lord. It'll give us direction. But God, whatever we do, help us, Lord, not to strike a mark. Help us, God, to lean on you. Do what you say. Apply the word of God to our hearts and lives. And God, will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing, just a verse. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, you come right now. Please.